Welcome to a Movie Mumble special episode. Special episode. Uh, I guess that makes us pop culture mumble for the moment, because this is our... Pop culture mumble. God, last minute branding. This is our uh, Denver Pop Culture Con special episode. Woo! Special episode. You almost forgot to do that I almost one. did. Um, but, uh, a rare miss. Yeah. Movie, movie pop culture, pop culture mumble, whatever. The point is, it's our, it's our, it's our pop culture con episode. Ooh. Intra, what was, what were we calling it? Intramortem? Yeah. It's not a post-mortem post, after a pre- the... The, the it's con as is over. It's dying. And it's not a pre-mortem, which would be before. It's happening. The con is happening right now. It's Saturday, June 1st. It's about 1240. Yeah. Um, we just came out of the floor. We're going back to the floor after this because we're insane and we can't get enough. <laughs> we're at the <laughs> altar of nerddom. Yeah, yeah. My leg still works. <laughs> yeah, if it still works, we haven't walked enough, clearly. We're not broken. Uh, so, unlike all of our other episodes where we watch a particular film and then talk about it, this is about the con, which isn't a movie. But that's okay, because it's still cool. That would be a great movie. Con! con. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, we're still rooted in cinema. All right. uh, but that's what it is. There isn't a particularly set agenda for this, this cast. We just wanted to get together and both take a break and talk about what we've been doing it's nice to what sit. we're liking what we're hoping to do this is coming at you live from Shay's room in the <laughs> Hyatt Regency yeah. <laughs> Shay writes a lot for uh, Nerds That Geek you've probably read some of her fantastic articles she was kind enough to lend us her hotel room do you want to say hi Shay? hi everyone <laughs> hello, hello. feature <laughs> yeah thank you so much she was nice enough to even let me in the room even though originally <laughs> she didn't want to we did discuss you being in the hallway and yeah. facetiming in yeah in <laughs> So how's Con Boys? I, I, on a personal level, I'm liking this a lot more than than last year and, mm-hmm. and most years. We mentioned it's less crowded, that and I think part of that is because they, they're using a lot more space mm-hmm. in the building, mm-hmm. which is working well. It's pretty well laid out this year. But from a professional standpoint, I'm, I'm finding I'm having to work harder to get my <laughs> cosplay photos because it's less crowded. Although, separately, I'm also just seeing less cosplay overall. Gotcha. Um, Last year, I saw less than the year before, but there was still a lot, and it was very repetitive. This year, I'm seeing even less, but I'm seeing a lot more unique stuff. Huh. I'm seeing a lot less repetition. I've seen, I think, maybe six Doctor Stranges, and they're the most frequent anything. Oh, They've right. been really good ones, too. I've mm-hmm. been really impressed with the strange... The goatee work, especially. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the hardest, most unruly it's, part they, of that They costume. start working on that last November, you know. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm liking it a lot. The space feels better just to move around in and to be in. And yeah. I think once they change their kind of lining up methodology to have people inside the con kind of... That's what they do for, um, what is it, uh, Great American Beer Fest when they do it at the convention centers. They have everybody inside waiting before they like open, open the con and then mm-hmm. open up everybody. They have that staging area on the other side of where yeah. the food court is. That seems to be. And it gives that great shot that John gets every year of like the rush of everybody going into the floor, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. We got in at 8 a.m. this time. <laughs> Tier 1 media access. Yeah. Nobody has been here at 8 a.m. though. No, because no, I, <laughs> I feel like that's a lot more valuable if you're want pictures of the con the the booths and the setup and everything yeah. but if you want anything else yeah you know one hour ahead or when they open it's, it's plenty because <laughs> people will come by the vendors will be ready the artists will be prepared everyone can talk and so and before that it's all it's all set up you know yeah. the only cool thing last year 
don't know if I ever got to mention this. Uh, I was there I, on Sunday. I came early, so like no one was around, and I was just walking around looking at the the vendors. And Lou Ferrigno was like five feet away from me because he was just walking around. Like since nobody <laughs> else was there, he was looking, and he had someone with him. I was like, is that his bodyguard? Like, why does he need a person with him? Like, gotcha. but I was well, just like, oh my god, it's Lou Ferrigno, and I just kind of like kept my head down because I was like, don't don't be that guy. Just he's he's here to try to just chill. It's not relax, a bodyguard. You know? It's a body blocker, so that he doesn't have to touch people. Because he might break them. (laughs) Zeke and I had gone down to Colorado Springs Comic Con last year, and uh, he had met with Lou. And apparently, he's getting hard of hearing, so he usually has somebody to kind of translate for him. Oh, okay, which makes sense then. Yeah, I didn't mean to be an asshole. It was just kind of like because I feel like other people will have bodyguards, and it's like I understand that you need someone to protect you. And I'm like, what? Who who does he need protection from? (laughs) (laughs) At this point, maybe the arthritis is the thing. He's not as quick. He's still powerful, but not as quick. I told you it's to stop the Tims from. (laughs) Right. Like, nope, nope. Get out of here. (laughs) Tim deterrent. (laughs) Tim repellent spray. (laughs) He used to scare me as a child. (laughs) Uh, so we just got out of the uh, Patrick Warburton kids make him laugh panel (laughs) which was delightful that was fantastic I think that's the first panel that we've all been at together Mm -hmm. maybe in con history I feel like probably we've never done that I've only done like three or four panels total yeah it was one that we went to the the was it the Star Wars oh, one? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the Shakespearean like the one, yeah. Star Wars one. Which they're doing all three parts of Yes, them. they yeah. are. They did two yesterday. Mm-hmm. No. No, it's today. Just... I think they're doing like four, five, and six. Oh, like cool. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We might have to hit that up. Yeah. I did not realize how attractive Patrick Warburton is until I saw him in person. I was like, that is a that is an attractive man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's big, too, like really built. I would, did not expect yeah. that. No, well, I feel like you're... from the tick, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Presumably. I mean, I... Not that he was horribly out of shape before no, that, no. but just that I think that role probably I mean, requires... He's, he's not big in so. Sex in the City. He's somebody else in Sex in the City. Am I wrong? I don't know. Nah, well, it's been Chase decades. shrugs <laughs> from the <laughs> corner. It's been since I've seen Sex in the City, which I have seen it. I know she was, he was in Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Putty. one of the Men in Black, too. Oh, that's in black right. Movies. Uh, Doesn't uh, he get neuralized because he's like yeah cause, Jay's new pa- or, yeah. yeah Jay's new partner that's right so it's a man in black too because he keeps yeah. like going through he's partners and, yeah <laughs> um and he was also in, what was the, oh it was uh, Ted oh, I'm saying I like, really liked his part in Ted he was yeah. hilarious is he a family guy <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Joe yeah Joe Cusco yeah. <clears throat> he didn't play right. Cusco but yeah. he's crunk squeak squeaker squeaking yeah it's just fun like I'm finding you know me. the poison <laughs> Cusco is poison <laughs> the poison for Cusco Isma, it's your birthday. <laughs> you didn't tell. Me. Oh, when they, they bring out the thing, and I, I see. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't tell me it was your birthday. Yeah, but, but um, so this was not even a panel, really. It was a feature. Um, yeah, it's just one of the pop culture classrooms lab. feature yeah. in the kids' lab. They had kids tell jokes <laughs> to Patrick Warburton, and had you talk to them. It was great. I, it was great seeing him just sort of work work the floor I'll say mm-hmm. but just talk to the kids and everything some had regular questions he seemed really happy to be there and see all of them and yeah. knew a lot about bees yeah. apparently yeah. I didn't know he was a uh, apiarist yeah. <laughs> I think and did he say his son was or something oh I, I didn't he hear his, yeah I think we he were... said his son like is a beekeeper cool <laughs> that's fantastic beekeeper yeah. Warburton the kids told their jokes which were some pretty good jokes yeah. actually yeah. it's yeah. refreshing to hear dad jokes in a youthful like innocent lens where yeah. you're not like oh you're an old man and have nothing better it's like oh you've discovered this for the first time and it's funny yeah it was sweet 
Yeah. That whole kids lab is really nice, actually, and it's yeah. bigger than all the prior years, if I'm not mistaken. That's something I've always really liked about uh, Pop Culture Con in the past. Comic Con was their focus on kid-based stuff because mm. it always felt kid-friendly, and oh, it yeah. never felt like you and couldn't. It, it bring felt kid-friendly in a not just in a welcoming sense, but in a focus. Yeah, yeah. And they've always had like um, drawing tutorials or comic exactly. building There's education and, mm-hmm. and skill building and real participation. Yeah, you know. I think last year they had the Animaniacs had a specific kid panel where they were talking about developing voices for characters too, oh, which was cool. really cool. Yeah. Like it's not just oh, it's you know take away all the swear words and then say it's kid friendly. Right. Like there's yeah. real programming there. Right. It's meant for everybody. That's something pop culture classroom is specifically good at mm-hmm. is really targeting an yeah. audience and knowing what will appeal to them rather than what sounds like it would appeal to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's cool. One of the panels I went to yesterday was about. Um, they're doing more and more um, collegiate-level essays as using comics as literature, mm-hmm. which was really cool. And this is the first time that they had done an undergraduate panel. Last year, they had one that was graduate-level. Mm-hmm. And there was a paper about Moon Knight, so I was right there. It was great talking <laughs> he about... He says wearing his Moon Knight t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> talking about multiple, multiple personality syndrome and the idea of depictions of that in popular culture and how it affects... Egyptian mythology and how it, it was really cool. I, I had talked to that guy after the panel and he was supposed to send me the rest of his paper, but he never did because oh. it was creepy, I guess, that I was asking to read his paper. But it was cool. <laughs> it was cool to get an undergraduate perspective. And this is from CU Boulder. Okay. And it was cool that everybody who had presented a paper had different um, backgrounds. They weren't just English. So you had somebody talk about marketing and they were talking about the marketing campaign of Lexus with uh, Black Panther. Mm. Which is really interesting, something I never would have researched, but it reminded me a lot of how Bond kind of was this juggernaut of marketing. And yeah. That was really cool. Sorry. Not, not the coin flipped making no, noise this sorry. time. <laughs> Just ring on table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Bond, it's remarkable how much, I guess it's how much staying power certain facets of the old films have had, almost unintentionally. I, Roger Moore wore a lot of Seiko wristwatches, mm-hmm. and so Seiko was putting their dive... You know, Seiko's always made dive watches for underwater, but they were pushing a particular kind that's very round, very gauge-shaped, mm-hmm. and like that has retained such a solid following amongst a group of dive watch aficionados, that shape, that whole concept, that Seiko's still coming out with new versions today. You and know, we are very grateful Seiko and, continue. Oh, certainly. This but podcast like, brought to you by uh, Seiko USA. No, but I, of, of all, the, all the parts of Roger Moore's you know, films, that's, like, that's one of the reasons that shape of watch is still around, right. because Roger Moore wore it in two Bond films. And it's, <laughs> it's always interesting, like, of all the things to pluck out of his films, you know, other, other watches or jewelries or clothes or whatever, some of it is still popular, some of it isn't, some of it was very much of its time, etc. But, like... That stuck around, you know. It's it's kind of odd. Like I love that the integrity of the Bond style and fashion was kind of impervious to Roger Moore's campiness. That that yeah, was always exactly. as silly as Bond was. The stuff he was wearing was still good. Right, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of fashion, uh, Tim is wearing my favorite cosplay of all time. <laughs> is it a cosplay if it's real? <laughs> I mean, it's not real anymore. What is it? Tra- <laughs> cosplay is tragedy plus time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, that's what I've been telling everyone this year. So I'm wearing my, my Blockbuster shirt. And as you, you may or may not notice, I was a star performer 2001. That's the best part. <laughs> and I have my assistant manager name tag with my name actually engraved into it, not just 
with uh, label makers. <laughs> so makes me so happy. <laughs> that's that's a sign our company is doing well. So Engraved yeah. name tags. <laughs> we had talked a while ago about getting these shirts as the podcast uh, yeah. uh, branding. Right. <laughs> I was also telling everyone this here. There's a, a you know a special um, um, uh, what's the word um, correlation is that. I've, I've been telling everyone I'm the guy who had to clean up the mess after Captain Marvel landed. Smashed in into yeah, that one. Yeah, it works. I show up for work at eight o'clock. Well, let's be honest, eight twenty. <laughs> and it's like, oh god, I have, to, I have to clean this up. We gotta open in forty minutes. Okay, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. See, mumblers, <laughs> we bring up blockbuster even when it's not a movie related podcast episode. <laughs> it's pop culture related. It, it is indeed. Yeah. You were talking to somebody about, or uh, John has a lot of Circuit City. Oh, shirts, yeah. which mm-hmm. would be cool, but there's also now Toys, Toys R Us, Us. Yeah. is now defunct. We need one of each. Yeah, there are three of us. There you yeah. go. Right. Yeah. Be cool to do like an Atari one, mm-hmm. yeah. but those are more trendy. Yeah. Well, to plus, be that's sad. Death to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, is that something you want to talk about? Either of you, the name change at all? I know we've talked about it on our own a lot, and Zeke wrote a fantastic yeah, piece no, for, for the sure. website. But um, is there anything you want to say on Mike about that? What's well, interesting in the first pen- that. Um, Collegiate panel that I had gone to, they were talking about it kind of offhandedly about not really making an effort to change it because in their mind it's the same thing. And that's really this, the, this kind of people who are still coming, it right. has not changed. The, the label has changed, yeah. the actual content hasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah because in, I know we've talked about this in person, but it, the, the Comic Con name, the old name, felt sort of inaccurate for the past few years yeah. anyway right. because there was so much else there was programming attached to movies and television and it's also writing and, and video games and yeah. just plain old art And Zeke was telling me that he was telling his uh, co-workers about it and like are you really into comics like going to Comic Con it, mm-hmm. it's never really been about that for him mm-hmm. and it's but that's very much the way that label kind of and translates the here, to everybody else under both its names has always had plenty to yeah. to appeal to everybody and then I, when I have talked to people about it, oh you're going to San Diego no it's it's the one no. in Denver oh they have no. one in Denver like it's almost yeah. it was almost under the radar yeah. so I think it's, it's nice to clear that up but also yeah. it's just refreshing to have a name that more accurately reflects what we're doing to be <laughs> no, honest sure. yeah. um, even I think last year especially was they had a lot of TV related celebrity appearances yeah. most of it I think most last of the ones I heard about pretty comic book heavy uh year too because we mm. got a whole bunch of DC and Marvel guys Tom That's King true. and Mitch Gerards yeah. and Brian Azzarello and Capullo's here again this year but he's mm-hmm. kind of I mean he's not the only big name but he's the one yeah. I'm most, most familiar with this year but like you said it, it, it's I mean even the con like even San Diego con is so focused on movie trailers and those kinds of things it's not even that yeah, one's it's, not it's accurately just a comic place for other things right. yeah yeah grown to encompass a wider variety of nerddom and that's the thing like the biggest tripping point for people is just not saying it correctly everybody keeps (laughs) saying yeah denver comic-con this year yeah not the name now denver pop culture god and the way i keep i just keep doing dcpp (laughs) however many of those (laughs) dyslexia (laughs) no but it's great the name change is nice it feels comfortable and like you said it was easy just the signs changed and then done was all we need yeah, to do. Yeah, all the other branding is exactly so. the same. And I mean, you see the pop culture mask, classroom mask. Yeah, is, is, that's that's the thing that's yeah. sort of mm-hmm. recognizable for us. It's cool this year. We have the Night Lynx is the the mascot. That's that female superhero. Yeah, um, she's alter ego of a thirteen year old. Um, is looking at the pop culture classroom site store to try and find some more information. I was trying to write an article about the Night Lynx, but 
not really a whole lot of information about the origin of that character. It's pop culture classroom design, okay. and it's supposed to be an origin, but I wasn't able to trace it anywhere. But that's that's another cool kind of branding thing that they've moved from kind of these more masculine energy mascots because we had Lucifer, we had the big blue bear, mm-hmm. cats in Colorado, mm-hmm. and now we have this female uh, yeah. mascot, which is cool for a new new direction and kind of future is female, more mm-hmm. inclusive. That's awesome too, and. Gorgeous design. Though they just updated the um, the app, and she that sparkly version of her is the the landing page on. That. Oh, that's why so, I don't have it. Maybe I didn't update the app. Yeah, because yeah. he, he opened his. I was like, mine doesn't look like that. <laughs> so, well, that's good because mine takes three minutes to open. <laughs> and I was like, open mine. Oh, there it is. Maybe I'll just keep this. But, um, that's yeah. something I wish that they would do like better. I wish the the app was more. Like intuitive. I mean, it is really good, though. It, is, it yeah. has gotten way gotten better. better yeah. But, yeah. but it'd be nice to be like, okay, I want to see comic books and K through 12 things. Oh, yeah. Like, instead yeah. of having these specific links, like, have, like, where you could create, uh, what's that called? Where you kind of check the boxes. Yeah, like a filter list. list. A filter list, yeah. yeah. I'm sure like, they're working on something like yeah. that. You know, it's it's come far already. Yeah, no, so I'm sure, sure they're yeah. not going to stop. Yeah. Speaking of uh, too. just of night links and the more female characters, I'm seeing a lot more female characters at the artist's stations this yeah. year and I mean there have been not that not, they haven't been non-existent in right. past years but I'm really seeing a lot more now and a lot of that actually is that I'm just seeing a lot more current characters and a lot fewer older characters right. just in general mm-hmm. you know even when there's Star Wars stuff you know Vader shows up and, and maybe Luke and that's kind of it we're missing you know Han and Chewie and Yoda and Mace Windu and right. all the older they're just everything is a lot more current and what's current now is women. Is Ray and um, Jenner, oh my God, so. thank you, Jenner, so and and uh, just all these other female characters, Captain Marvel, are hitting it really right. hard, and that's great. But it's interesting that, a, like, I wonder if I was seeing more older franchises and older things, would I still be seeing as many female characters from those at all? Mm-hmm. Like, if I found someone selling original Star Trek stuff, would I be seeing um, Uhura? <laughs> You know, or, as their uh, showpiece, Janeway. or yeah. would I be seeing someone else? I, how much of that is just that that women characters are doing so much better now, and we're seeing current stuff, mm-hmm. or if it's just entirely that women characters are just the focus this year? I think that. people are finding out that they can sell. <laughs> like, right? The, yeah, the, the <laughs> that's evil helping. Capitalism for sure. is also the good thing. It's like <laughs> it, there is a market for it. We can sell to them. Right. Let's mm-hmm. produce the stuff. I mean, that's mm-hmm. yeah. Seen a lot of kaiju this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Godzilla happen. just came out. Yeah. Which we've seen this week, so it's really fun. <laughs> so it's timely for sure. Eventually, we'll bring that back to the podcast, and Tim will have to sit through another hour long gush fest of me describing every single singe mark. That's fine. This is fine. I actually bought a pin that says that today. It's fine. This is fine. So, do you guys want to get into like favorite booths so far? I know you guys haven't been on the floor as much as I have being here. The yeah, I've got a, I've got a few. Mm-hmm. I can pull out my business cards just to so make sure I get that info. <laughs> I left mine at home today. Uh, definitely Morgan Beam, who is a uh, local artist who um, illustrated, and I think she wrote Family Trade for Image Comics. Um, I met her at a signing at one of the old Mile High Comics locations which have now closed but she's great super talented she drew a little cat on the inside of my first issue of Family Trade which mm-hmm. was great Her, she's got a really kind of 
Rosy Cheeks style sounds like I'm making fun of it, but it's not. Her her characters are very full of life and fun. They they seem like they're happy, which is <laughs> rare. We get a lot of goth art mm-hmm. <laughs> at cons, which is fun. But uh, I really like hers. Um, also, I met uh, Felipe Enchevaria. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. He is brilliant. Watercolor artist. Mm. And he illustrated a um, comic book adaptation of uh, Psycho in the 90s. Mm. And I was talking to him, looking at, he's just got these gorgeous swaths. And he, I was telling him, these are gorgeous. And he was saying, yeah, I got to kind of make up the color because it's in black and white. It's like, I didn't even think about it. It's very noirish, mm-hmm. great contrast. He's got some... I'm definitely going back to his booth today. Um, he's got a um, new graphic novel that he worked on, which is like 25 bucks. And it's probably going to break my no spending money rule. This I've gone you a whole no day. Spending money I'm yet. trying. He's doing it's it. It's a he's goal. It. Fucking loser. I haven't even. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, I keep buying prints, and I love supporting the art prints. This is me talking P R I N T S, not Prince. Fingerprints. <laughs> Animaniacs. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Animaniacs, <laughs> I just keep buying them. I'm running out of wall space. Yeah, we talked about this. I just I already have four, five, six things in my apartment that I haven't hung. Mm-hmm. Only one of which is even framed. And that's the other thing. Like they're actually doing, they're selling frames this year. As yeah. come no, some if of I them. if I could measure the other ones, I'd, I'd maybe come back and yeah. get a frame. But the whole point is that they're weird sizes. But like I just I don't have the room, or, and then the money's not not that it's not there, but it's not super there, you know. Yeah. So all that put together has left me looking at a lot of art, but not buying a lot. And this year, what I've been doing is collecting Instagrams. As I'm going through and seeing, like, I like their art, but I can't buy it. I don't want to like it. But mm-hmm. I still want to support them in a social media sense. And right. It's, that's been a cool way of, like, instead of just taking the business card and putting it in a drawer for a year, it's like I get to see them every day, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, it's just, and I also saw you could buy portfolios, which would be a cool way to have prints and, like, put them out on display, like a coffee table book without yeah. putting them up, which would be yeah, really cool. Idea should do that with signed comic books. Mm-hmm. They're not just sitting in a short box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, here's my box of signed comics. Can I see them? No. No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Get out of my house. Not for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to la- try to rattle off a bunch of stuff real quick here, some shout-outs. So I finally bought book one to the whole uh, the Stranger Comics with their, um, their series that's being made into an HBO show now. Um, so I finally bought the is first Untamed one. Untamed is the yeah. The Untamed is the first book, and uh, uh, the, I think the show's gonna be called Asunda. I think it is because that's like the name of the the world, mm-hmm. um, I believe. And they're also doing a panel on Sunday at four thirty. If anyone's interested about sort of bringing the the, the comic to the the to HBO, mm-hmm. um, so I finally that'd be that. interesting with Umbrella Academy, and they're moving a lot of stuff. That's that would be cool. Yeah. Um, another quick shout out to uh, Tractor Beam Apparel. They have some really amazing T-shirts, and they're only like fifteen bucks. At least the ones I saw. Usually when I'm at cons, it's like I like that T-shirt. How much is it? Forty dollars. It's like no, no, I'm not paying for. It. So fifteen dollars, which I feel like that's that's what it costs in any store. Like you're not you know you're not spending more because you're at cons. So go check them out. Speaking of, there's also Kadoja Comics, which is a, a kaiju centric artist and uh, writer, and they have prints of. Um, kaiju designs. They've got King Ghidorah. They got Gamera, Gamera, and uh, 
Godzilla and the prints are five bucks. I'm definitely going back mm-hmm. there. That that Ghidorah one is totally calling my name. Um, paper fauna was really cool. There was like this art. Oh, it was like this three yeah. D like paper made like um, I forget what that's called, but it's like it's kind of like layered paper with like stuff cut out. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, I mean those were and then there were prints of those. So if you kind of like them, definitely check them out. Give support. Um, what was one of the ones I have? Uh, oh, um, this was one I found yesterday. It was probably the, the only person I actually talked to yesterday. Um, Oliver Northwood is uh, the the, the company is called All of the North. Um, huh. So they have a booth where they they make um, they're like little laser etched wood like pins, and they're like super detailed. There's a bunch of Pokemon stuff. So if you're into Pokemon, and um, they also have some some drawings that they've done and stuff like that too. Definitely check them out. Their stuff is really cool. Um, is that where you got your political one? Yes. It says, <laughs> fuck the patriarchy. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> oh, and that's another one. For those of you who are interested, uh, at Tractor Beam Apparel, they have a red hat that says, make red hats. What is it? Make red hats oh, wearable, wearable again. again. <laughs> so I want to get one of those. I thought that was amazing. Um, and then there was another artist. I haven't found this booth yet, but I found it on the list, and I definitely want to check it out. Um, it's called, uh, the, the company name is Anadia. It's at 100 um, she's an artist and then probably one of my favorites from, from last year that I actually briefly spoke with her yesterday um, False Fox Art um, she's an amazing artist um, she's got some really cool stuff I don't know if she if she brought a print of this yet but she had done one um, that brought tears to my eyes when I was on Instagram it's uh, Iron Man and Rescue flying <laughs> together and it's like really good I thought really good representation of like you know the, the two of them and like really um, uh, uh, there's, you know Robert Downey and and, uh, and Pal- yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, the two of them just kind of like flying together, which is like really sad because like I mean, you know we we never got to see that moment in the right. movies, you know. So it's this kind of implied moment that like, hey, wouldn't that be great if the two of them just got to fly around in their suits and whatever? And actually Spoilers enjoy for Endgame. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen it by now, <laughs> well, it's been a few weeks. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. Um, I, was talking, I was talking to Scott about that one time I was talking to someone about the Sixth Sense and I was like yeah you know and at the ending he's dead all the time they're like oh my I've God. never seen the Sixth Sense it's like <laughs> motherfucker it's been decades like I am not responsible it's the responsible. most famously yeah. spoiled scene of yeah. all time like yeah. between so. that and Rosebud right and like yeah. um, Luke being yeah. the other side and Snape and Dumbledore like right. Luke and yeah. yeah what about Snape and Dumbledore <laughs> Snape kills Trinity using Rosebud <laughs> A guy named Dumbledore Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, but false to Mordor or to Sith will destroy the Enterprise. It's a, oh. it's a shot for shot remake. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she's at T seventeen. Go check her stuff out. Um, she has a bunch of other really cool stuff. Um, yeah, um, that's all I've seen. I think so far. Yeah, I'm looking through my my business cards that are filling my pockets. <laughs> but. I also have another thing, if we not to not to occupy too much time, but uh, something I wanted to discuss. Once, um, oh fuck it, I'll just do it now. <laughs> so, so oddly enough, this has only occurred to me this year. Is that what what little of a presence music has as part of the pop culture con? No kidding. And see, like you're surprised, like I'm surprised that I was surprised because it's like like I I've been a composer for like most of my life now. I'm at the yeah. point now where it is most of my life. More more of my life has been being a composer than not being a composer. Wow. And it's like Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Blockbuster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we've beat, we beat it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but 
you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think, like, because, you know, before this year Pop uh, Comic-Con and now this year Pop Culture Con has been, it's like, yeah, like, I'm interested in other stuff besides music. So I've been kind of engaged in all that other stuff, like the comics, like the movies based on comics, like the art. But, like, this year it kind of just, like, really clicked with me where, like, I think because, you know, part of what I try to do is some degree of, of like, marketing, you know, and... You know, and there's all this stuff about film. There's so many different filmmakers who are doing stuff on, on various levels, like, you know, people who are like YouTube celebrities or people who are like independent filmmakers or, you know, people from Colorado Film School. So it's like a legit college you can go to. I think one time we had other people who were like L.A. producers who had come out here. And, and it's kind of cool. So, like, I'm, like, trying to tap into these things. And it's so funny reading the descriptions. Like, oh, we'll, we'll have a panel about, you know, all the things that go into making a movie. Like the script and the this and the this and the that. And the actors and the production and the marketing. And never anywhere does it mention music. And it's like, motherfuckers, don't you have scores in your movies? Like, <laughs> like why is that just, like, and it's never. And, like, every person I've talked to, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, the music. I usually just, you know. And it's kind of like. And, and I, I would be I would be more understanding I think if they were like oh yeah I have a friend of mine who's an amazing composer and that's who I work with I'd right. be like cool like that's right. yes good I'm happy for that person that they've connected with you and you guys have this work but it's it it's seems always like, like the last a, piece yeah and like, it's always like a stock library where oh I just go online and I do a search for like you know royaltyfreemusic.com or whatever it is and look through those songs and plop one in it's like oh Cool, cool man <laughs> which I guess is fine if like if they're the director that's and that's their yeah. vision and whatever um, but it's yeah it's one of those things I've definitely kind of thought that like wow like why why isn't this as much a part of it? And, and and again one of the, the the things I thought of is like well Tim this is what originally grew out of Comic Con so of course there were more writers and artists because that's where it started right if it was you know the origins of these cons were comic cons like that's the, those are the two people you had I right. write comics or I draw for comics but that has evolved, and that's why now we have just people who are artists for the sake of being artists, and people who are novel writers. So it's like, okay, there are no pictures and in my actors. book, but I'm still coming here. But yeah, actors yeah. like now we're, game we're designers, yeah, all sorts like of things. like we're making video games and we're making movies that have to do with comics. But but like, and why we've changed the name? Right, <laughs> right. We but we did it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we did it. Oh. But, but video games and music, I mean, in movies, both have music in them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why hasn't it evolved to that point yet? I think part like, of the problem is sort of tripled down on you don't get a lot of musical celebrity guests because they're star isn't huh we had weird out last year or a year before but he's not a composer that's true well sort i mean of. he's an I mean, adam that's true ad he's done a lot of work but you know yeah. but but, but yeah you you named one yeah, keep, keep yeah going. that's fair. Um, a, <laughs> right, right. and then well, that's what I'm saying. B, why, do, why do we have like Danny Elfman coming to right. Comic Con? Oh my god, i would love that so that's that's part of the problem there and part of that is just that there aren't as many musical celebrities in the industries that are here in general you know there are big names but they're far fewer than right i wonder if you invited hans zimmer or those kind like those level of if they would come yeah. i wonder if just nobody's invited and then b i mean panels there there have been some music panels they've been sparse but they've right. been there but I, I, did, I did make a list there are four uh -huh. this weekend that's good but the pro <laughs> i think a part of the problem is that music has I don't want to say fewer, but just less of a presence in terms of the broad public who's involved. Like, think about the show floor. So much of that floor is people selling what they do. Yeah. Artists or writers or what have you. 
how could you sell your stuff if you had a booth, Tim? Well, no one could hear too. anything. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're also such a... <laughs> what are you well, selling, scores? There was one one booth that I went to that did, it was like a... a um, there were, I think, two guys who paired together. One did a comic, one did the music for it. Yeah, no. He actually had headphones yeah. there, so you could listen. Like, sure. I mean, he drew you in with the visuals, but that's another big part of it. We were a very yeah. visual society. So if right? you're just so seeing... Just, yeah. quote-unquote, just. Just a composer. Right, I'm just sitting there at a you booth know, with a set How headphones. are you supposed to show up without a visual element? Right, so right. That, that already eliminates the whole, most of that upper level from having a musical presence. Yeah, it will significant. It would be cool. Like, presence, yeah, you know, it's all do downstairs. It like listening right. station, right? Like yeah. that would be the booth. It's like here's these two columns yeah. of really nice headphones, and here's like. Yeah. My point is that it doesn't. It just doesn't integrate so easily into what's already there. That's fair. You no. know, changes would need to get. Kadoja also had music. They had uh, um, cassette tapes that are yeah. were like supposed to be the the soundtrack to the comic book, which was really cool. Very cool. Yeah. Big ups to Kadoja. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and that was one of the main things I thought is like maybe also a big part of it is that no other musicians or composers have said, hey, I want to have a booth at yeah. Con. Yeah. So it's like, you, you know, it, right. right. So so this is actually one of the things, and maybe I shouldn't mention this now, but one of the thoughts, and not that I'm like promising this is going to happen, but one of my goals for next year is to possibly look into getting a booth as a composer at Pop Culture Con yeah. and maybe start this as a thing. Like, yeah, like, well, yeah why... Mm-hmm. You know what? What can we do to make music more of a presence? And maybe I'm shooting fantastic. myself in the foot because if more people get involved, well, great. Now I have a bunch of competition. Whereas no, if I'm the but, only composer at Comic Con, then yes, come no, to me. But, but you're right, and I. But I also, I think whether that does or doesn't work, whatever the the plan is for a floor presence, I'm not going to make you divulge your plans here. But mm-hmm. I think panels are sort of the place for th- for music to to come where it works well and easily in the existing right. framework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, like you said four. Four panels have anything to do with music right mm-hmm. now, which is more than some years, but still not a lot, not right. enough. But even you get a after lot of sound that, editing ones specific like Star Wars, yeah. like mm-hmm. the and, sound of Star and Wars. We mentioned this yeah. before too that even if there were was more music in panels, there's still the people who don't do a lot of paneling, like me. <laughs> you yeah, know, I true. spend most of my time on the floor. So if someone were to say, "Oh yeah, this topic had a huge presence at the con this year because half the panels were about it," I didn't see any of it. Gotcha. You know, it, yeah. it could miss me pretty easily right. because you have to go to land and devote time and sit there and listen. Yeah. So I, I think it would be easier for music to in, infiltrate through panels, and I would be glad if that happened. Yeah, but I also think it would be fantastic yeah. to get it on the floor. So I think that's a great idea, too. Yeah, I mean, maybe part of it, too, would be pairing with an artist or something or, or, or commissioning an artist be like, hey, draw something... That, sa- that looks the way my music sounds so that I have something visual to kind of pull yeah. people in. But that's part of what I've thought of is like, yeah, like have a listening station, you know, have either a way where, um, um, I was either thinking like, is there a way where I could like have them buy like one of my tracks for like a dollar, you know? And that's the thing too, is like, I always think about what deters me from buying stuff is the cost, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's really cool. It's $50, like, ugh, never mind. You know, it's like, oh, buy that, buy that track for a dollar. You know, because yeah. it's also something not not something I have to physically produce. Like here, scan this QR code and you get to download that song. Yeah, yeah. give me a dollar. It's always a little weird cost wise at these sorts of things because you you never really know what their expenses are behind the scenes. Right. Obviously, they all had to pay for a booth. Right. And are trying and to to up. cover the right. cost of the booth right. and make some money, but then to print printing things doesn't isn't free. Right. So right. how much were the prints? Were they big? Are they small? What kind of paper? What kind of ink? Right. How much of that can we tell just by looking at it on the booth? Because sometimes we can't, you know, is it metal or solid or whatever? And then, did they travel? Because if they right. flew out here from somewhere, that 
there you go. So if you're looking at two prints and one of them is you know five dollars and one of them is fifteen dollars and they're the same size and they're both on paper, where did that come from? Did that come from travel expenses? Did that come from the different types of paper? Did right. that come from ink? Did that come from which printer they have? Who knows? You know, and and that's that's difficult for sure. Um, it's difficult for the artists, of course, uh, yeah. but it's it creates a sort of chaotic market mm-hmm. on the floor too. Yeah. It would be cool to do a composing commission. That's what I was thinking of doing. Like, yeah, like, like have like a, a sort of a, a table of options. You know, like, like what type of theme would you like? You know, and do like a thirty-second theme. So part of what made me think of that is kind of this idea that like, um, you know, like other other podcasts that have themes or other podcasts that either maybe there are some that don't have themes or where they got their theme. But it's just like, yeah, if it's someone who happens to be at the con or or even for other people's booths, you know, like. Like and which which I could see growing into this even more chaotic thing where if everyone was like I want a custom theme for my booth that I can play in the background and oh now we have God. all these booths just in a row just all these different <laughs> themes competing with each other, but like something like that where it's like oh I want to or I want a theme for my website like here's here's my logo like what do you think and like okay let me sit here with my keyboard and my computer do do to do you know like pay me this much money like you know like artists will do commissions you yeah. Know? So give me X amount of money, you know, and come back in an hour and I'll have this thing out for you, whatever. It's like you musical know. caricatures. Like yeah. have them sit and sit as in inspiration. Right, yeah. Like, oh, I want a theme for my podcast when we do a situational movie recommendation. I just want this to be a thing. Yes. <laughs> so, so that was one of the things. You know, and that's that's similar to like when I've done um, the uh, Global Game Jams. You know, that's how I think ideally that stuff works best. And the years that I've missed out on doing music is when I've gone home and given people my business card and be like, yeah, contact me. But then there's someone there with a keyboard and they just go to that person. So it's like, okay, if I can be there at the con with a booth, like, yeah. you know, here are the tracks I've already written. Yeah. If you want to buy one of those, it's a dollar. Here's the stuff, you know, here's, here are the types of things I can do. If you want like a little like 30 second theme or, you know, maybe do it by te- by seconds. Like, oh, a 10 second fanfare is this much, you know, just to have like either, you know, when you get to your website or whatever. Um, Plus, it'd be a nice practice. Going back to the early aughts when every website had flashing animations, yeah. and the cursor would change, you know, yeah, and everything. Like the Captain Marvel '90s era yeah. uh, website yeah. that was so yeah. cool, such a throwback. And then, of course, I could I could do the, the thing where you know, Jam website is yes. still up and oh, untouched. God. Yes, and we keep waiting for them to change it because there's a sequel coming, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> Never changes. <laughs> well, there's a page that. Like a page marked sequel or news or whatever, oh, gotcha. and it says, you know, check back some other time. Like, where people keep checking. There are people who check, like, every day, waiting Jesus. for the press announcement for two, for when that moment Is LeBron happens. in that one? Is that who's I think so. center stage? Yeah, I'm not Pretty sure. Interesting to see if it's anywhere near as good. Good in quotes. I know that that movie is only good because of nostalgia and because I love Jordan and the Looney Tunes. <laughs> that explains why I never saw that movie. You don't like Looney Tunes or Jordan? I, Looney Tunes are fine. I definitely see them as more as like, oh, these are my parents' cartoons that they kind of handed down to me, and then I discovered my own cartoons and moved on to that. But, yeah, they're, they're fine. Shay's motioning towards the door to get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here in the first place. <laughs> so um, let's talk panels, because we talked about booths. Yeah, for sure. But what about panels? What other programming have you guys been looking into? It's caught your eye. You haven't gone to a whole lot yet tim and i both had to work yesterday and it's been yeah. half a day today but what's I been did, on your radars i did one yes another one yesterday about um the immigrant experience in comic books and Ooh. that was a really good uh Thanks. denver public library employees getting together talking about um recommended narratives a lot of indie comics mm-hmm. um 
that's that was a really good one. I actually saw something in the airport on the way home last week about uh, representation of Arab characters in comic books. Nice, Persepolis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's mm -hmm. a really rich Just market. They were actually speaking to the the difficulty of Hispanic authors getting accurate translations um, as Ooh, reading material, yeah. and because comics are a great way to start reading and learning English because you, you mm. can follow the storyline and it's got great visual context oh, yeah, for the content. You know, I feel like that's maybe, and I, I don't, obviously I don't have any insider knowledge, but just knowing how often books get translated, right. like all the time, I wonder if that's just an issue with the comics industry and, and that, publishing they as a whole. The they're just not as prepared for, for translation mm -hmm. at all because you know, the whole point is that translation isn't just plugging the word in and getting the right. dictionary definition exactly. back is meaning and tone and all sorts of other things. And but it's something that happens all the time in books and film. Right. So why is comics struggling with it? Is right. it what what's what is it about the Well that's history? the thing. They were talking about specific dialects to specific regions having different words translated differently. And they were as employees of the um, the library, they were looking at translated texts and seeing that they were not making even not just comic books, but just literature in general was being mistranslated that way. So it, it seems to be a more universal, difficult type thing. Um, but that one was really interesting. Kind of brief, but had some really good recommendations for reading. I'll have to they give me a flyer somewhere here. But mm -hmm. That one was particularly good. I'm really interested in all of the uh, trans and LGBTQ um, identity panels. I think those are been pretty solid this year talking about mm -hmm. there was one yesterday I didn't get a chance to go to but it was about um, Hulk and gender identity and non-binary mm -hmm. identification which I really wanted to go but there's there's a, a couple different ones geared in that same direction today and tomorrow that I want to attend for sure um, I also got to see uh, they did a Real Heroes did a screening of um, Flash, Flash Gordon, Gordon yes. <laughs> which was yeah. such a spectacular mess. It will be. I'm probably bringing it to the podcast soon because <laughs> it it was. Oh, well, in that case, that you're good. done talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save it for later. <laughs> it's just. It was so funny to see that the way John Williams stole the planets is the way Lucas stole all of his themes oh. for fucking Star Wars. Nice. It's just Flash Gordon. It's, it's a more succinct like version of Flash Gordon. That's funny. It hurt. It hurt my soul. It was like, nothing is new. Mm. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. I think we've talked about that idea, the like the idea of you know borrowing or stealing, whatever you want to call it. And especially in terms of the, the classical hero's journey, yeah. which is what Luke goes through right. in the main films at least, is as something that goes all the way back to the Odyssey, you know, it's like, right. I mean, it's, it's as old yeah. as any myth yeah. out there, almost, you know. Mm -hmm. But the idea that, like, when you're translating from a different genre, you know, like how uh, what what is it? Is it like uh, like or like how uh, what's the one? Is it the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, or Magnificent Seven? Is like Seven Samurai yep. or something like that? So it's like okay, and you're both. turning uh, the Good, yeah. the Bad, and the Ugly's first film, Festival of Dollars, mm -hmm. is a samurai film, Yojimbo. Yojimbo. Right. 
So like you're you're Yo, changing the, you're changing ah. the genre as opposed to taking a sci-fi and making a different sci-fi from it. Like right. that's a little too close. You know? <laughs> or like, or like I'm gonna base my comic well, book on this other that. comic book. You know? Because a fistful of dollars was ruled against in court, and they had to pay crap loads of money to Kurosawa. Oh really? Because they based almost frame for frame in some cases yeah. just yeah. took his samurai film and yeah. stuck it in the West, and that was not enough. Mm. Well, I think that was the other thing we were saying too is like it's, it's also the so fact good. that it's it's a film being made into a film. As opposed to if it was a book about seven samurai that you made right. into a, a, a movie Absolutely. about yeah. seven in the West, cowboys, which you know, is like that, that is a thing. whole crazy twisty family tree between yeah. like the West myths that became samurai films, that became Western films, <laughs> mm-hmm. that became Japan making their versions of Western films, like back and forth again and <laughs> again. Is it the snake that eats itself, Ouroboros? Or yeah, something. yeah, That's oh, exactly yeah. what that is. So it's a knotted Ouroboros yeah, in a bunch of ways. <laughs> Did you guys have panels you guys are looking forward to? Um, I, I Flash to Gordon have... was outstanding. I just <laughs> want to put that out there again. Just the silliest <laughs> thing, taking itself so seriously. So I went to a panel last night uh, from script to screen, how to make oh, movies. Oh, how was that one? So it was good. It was like, yeah, like this independent filmmaker, and it was it was really inspiring. Like, if, if that's the one word I could have to use for it. Because especially, um, you know... Being a 41-year-old, shit, that's right, I had a birthday. Being a 41-year-old <laughs> who still hasn't achieved his dreams, but is still holding on to the fact that maybe he could still achieve his dreams. Like, I haven't, it hasn't happened, but I also haven't quite given up yet. You know, to you know, to kind of have people who are just like, yeah, like, if you want to do it, you just do it. You kind of just keep going, and, and you find your crew, and he was talking about, like, you know, like, all the people that they work with, you know, they, they've kind of found each other in all these various different ways, you know, and some of them have some schooling, some of them different, you know, well, because, like, the crew was, it was, like, the, like, the main kind of writer-director, and then, like, the um, assistant director, and then the cinematographer, and then the, the lead actress of the current project he was working on. Um, but it's like, yeah, like, they're all kind of doing this because they're all passionate about it, you know, and it's, it's a very different vibe, too, because there are some groups I'm in, like, you know, on, like, on Facebook, for example, where they're, like, professional film composers, and there's this, you know, there's always this one new film composer, like, how do I break into film composing? And then there's all, all the, the veterans who are, like, never do anything for free, and it's like, okay, so I kind of had that in my head for a while, but then what I ended up doing was either not doing anything and not building my portfolio because you know they're either people who couldn't afford or whatever or like you know you I feel like you kind of take garbage projects and say oh at least I'm getting paid for it but you you really don't kind of learn anything from it you know and um, and then you know so I kind of slipped back into okay well I'll do some stuff for free just so I can build my portfolio but then it's like well but now I'm not really enjoying what the work I'm doing because I'm just trying to do more quantity over quality which is kind of where I'm at now, where it's like I'm actually not, you know, in, a, in some sense not taking commissions where it's like I'm not doing stuff for money, but I'm also only doing the stuff that I actually want to work on. So it is kind of a little more few and far between, but it's good because I have time to do my other stuff if I want to. But the stuff I'm working on, I'm glad to be doing it for free because I want to be, you know, you, you also feel like more of a, 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 a partner on the project, more of a collaborator as opposed to, oh yeah, at the last minute we're going to be like, do some music and then we're going to cut your music up and you do what we want and you're going to hate it. Right. It's like, you're, you know, I'm, I feel definitely more a part of all these projects I've, I've worked on lately. Um, but it was just really cool to see that there are other people out there and other people who are, you know, and it's like, sure, you may have to do crowdfunding and stuff like that, but it's like, you know, they're all people who kind of, you know, they, 
they didn't just say, oh, I'm going to give up on that whole movie thing and just get a regular job. I mean, they all have jobs, but they also all find a way to make this work and work, you know, do this stuff on the weekends where they can go to a location and shoot right. the film and do this and that, you know. And so it was really, really cool. It was really cool to see other people who are, you know, and, and I, I didn't know exa- their exact age, but, I mean, they didn't look like teenagers. They didn't look like they were in their early 20s, you right. know, where at that point I was also way more optimistic about this stuff, you know. It's like they seemed like they were, you know, closer to my age. I don't want to say that they're that old and have to be like, hey, man, I'm only like 30. You shut the fuck up. But like, you know, but but they're still doing it, too. You know, it's just like, OK, there are people out there. I can find and reach out to these people and possibly work with them. Um, the other big thing that I really liked about what they had to say is like, don't be afraid to fail because you will fail. And that's a part of it. You know, so it's just kind of like, yeah, like I feel like I've had a lot of you know what I consider to be failures for one reason or another whether they're failures with a with a gig or my like personal failures you know it's like yeah like I guess that is part of it like you know you you're not successful until you're successful but there's that whole period leading up to that that you have to remember that yeah like when you're not successful you're basically failing you know you can kind of think you're making progress and not to be totally negative about it like yes you're making project progress you're working towards something but you know, it's like, you know, every person who becomes successful, yeah, like you only know about them from the point where they're successful on. You don't know about what they had to do to get there. And, right. You know, that's, you know, telling yourself, well, that's the part I'm in right now. Right, it's right before it's about to break open, you know. I always try to remember that, like, Louis Black didn't start doing stand-up until he was 40. Yeah. The man was a starving playwright mm-hmm. and failing, like an angrier mammoth, if that's possible, an angrier, <laughs> drunker mammoth. <laughs> and just failing, 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 and then he did stand up, and mm-hmm. it, that was—that's what he's—he's he's on a Daily Show. He's got mm-hmm. Netflix special. Like he, yeah. he just—he turned that anger into something cool. Yeah, and it—it it, it just sometimes it's a slow burn. Yeah, and that—that—that that, that is the thing that kind of gives me that hope. It's like okay, there's mm-hmm. life is long, but it's also short, and right. it's also. There's time. There's time to do the things that you want to do. Yeah, but it's 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 for me. It's it's about choosing how you spend that time. Yeah, like not oh, there's time in the way of like I'll do it tomorrow. No, which no, was, which sure. was yeah. definitely a big part of my the early part of my life. Like yeah, it'll happen. But like <laughs> you know yeah, being more more um, guarded about your time and like I'm going to do this. I'm you know there you know every day I'm like okay, there are things I'm doing now that this is, this is on a, this has an expiration date, you know, like as soon as possible, I'm going to say no more of this, you know, and that type of thing. But yeah, and I think that's a big part of it too. Yeah. When you carve out the space to make room for this stuff, to make it happen and, you know, but yeah. So anyway, it was really cool. Like, and there were actual facts. It wasn't just inspirational, you know, like we did get to see like trailers and stuff like that and like little clips. So, and I'm going to be writing a whole article about it. So, um, yeah, you'll get all that info. Nice. Um, but the next one I'm looking forward to, where is it? Where is it? I want to make sure I read the title correctly. Um, That's a good idea. I should pull uh, up my list. Yeah, uh, Colorado Ballet presents Avengers Dance Battle. It's <laughs> <laughs> today at two thirty. That's that's awesome. Uh, you think Chris Pratt's gonna make a surprise appearance? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Otherwise, why am I alive? <laughs> And then, of course, the other one I'm really looking forward to is, I, I mentioned earlier, the one um, tomorrow night with um, the Stranger Comics. So it's called Take an Idea from Concept to Creation, HBO's Asunda. Yeah, so that's the, the name of the, the show is going to be. 
One that's pretty popular that is fun, but it gives me a little bit of social anxiety is the Versus, which I nicknamed the Well Actually panel. So it's it's like they, they put up these matchups of like a tournament of this character could beat that character. Oh, okay. And it's all oh, audience participation. Oh, God. Where oh, the mic goes around. No. It's, it's like a Parks and Rec public <laughs> forum. <laughs> so it, comic it's books. actually... It, it, it's, well, actually, it's... <laughs> Can't even talk about it without sounding like an asshole. But it's it's a good venue for it, mm-hmm. and people are respectful and they don't bite well, your head cool. off unless yeah. you come in late and don't understand the rules, mm-hmm. like me mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. <laughs> but that's one that my my partner Tina and her friend David always like to attend. That mm-hmm. one's at ten thirty tomorrow um, in the Central City Auditorium. There's also a non toxic masculinity, tough guys in fiction, ten thirty oh, yeah, a.m. So. Tomorrow. tomorrow. That and then Zachary Levy. Oh, yeah. Who's the greatest Godzilla villain of all time? Eleven thirty. There's just so many. Like the, the film as a vehicle for emotional vulnerability, non-traditional jobs in comics and nerddom. Two thirty. That might be one that happens. And the Jedi doth return. The Star Wars Shakespeare thing tomorrow. Uh, that'll be great. But yeah. What about you, Scott? What are you excited? I'm about? only looking at the list now for the first time. <laughs> That's a photographer for you. His app just opened. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> But to be honest, I'm not sure I'm going to go to any panels this year, actually. I'm not... Traitor! <laughs> yeah, I, I have gone to zero panels more years than not, actually. No, that's and fair. Mm-hmm. Just because a lot of them aren't something I'm interested in, A, but then even the ones that are, they're either sort of obliquely related to a thing I'm interested in, only it's only a partial topic, uh-huh. or just I end up like busy with something and then they happen and I miss them, or... Lately, a lot of them are introductions to, especially socially, to topics I studied in school. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I, I have a degree in criminology, which at DU was also almost a complete sociology degree bundled in with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these social topics that have really blown up since I've graduated are the things I learned about. Gotcha. Um, and when they do a, you know, the beginnings of how to look for LGBTQ, etc., characters in fiction, it's like, yeah. I, wrote an entire paper about with with three other people about you know the history of public perception and LGBTQ characters so it I've, I've gone to a few before and they're great they're fantastic and you should totally go to them but as someone who's studied the topics already they don't often contain New anything I haven't no that's in, fair right yeah. so I don't end up devoting a whole hour to and I frankly I don't think those chairs are very comfortable either so I'm sort of discouraged from the start the so one this we have yeah so the more here. the more socially uh, present ones don't always land with me. I'm sort of letting them slide for now. Um, and then, like I said, just the popular culture stuff, there's so much of it right. that so very little of it lands in my wheelhouse. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I think in in the interest of time, time we should, we should, we should do a, a situational, situational movie recommendation. It is, it is time for <laughs> another situational movie recommendation. recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because yeah. So what I so was you have bring one? Up, yeah, it was oh, a topic. I so, have one, but yeah. Oh, please. If, you, if you want. No, to I, th- I want to hear yours. If if yours is better, we'll edit this All right, out. We'll see. Yours. <laughs> what is your favorite convention-related movie? I was gonna narrow that into what would you watch to get hype for con? That would work too. I think that they're goes they're basically the same question, same right? Because okay. the other side of my coin was what would you watch when you're finished with con. When you go home, you're just chilling. So I, Me, it'll probably be Flash yours, Gordon again. Yours encompasses everything pretty well. 
I don't. I mean, I don't know that I have one, so we may want to come back to me, or maybe that's that's, okay. that's kind of an answer that it's more of like it, it's its, it's kind of like machine. well, it's like the whole like you know you don't listen to the band you're going to see on the way to go see them. You listen on the way out, you know, or or, or or for yeah. me, I think it's like not at all. It's like a contrast thing, you know. It's yeah. like because I'm going to spend the weekend with with all of this stuff, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't watch any movies that are related to it. So maybe something that's like not like I don't know like. I feel like was it? I think last night when I got home, my wife was watching Parks and Rec, and I watched a little bit of that with her. You know, just you know that, that same sort of thing. Yeah, just yeah. like something that's not at all related to any of the stuff that I just spent the day looking at. You know, there's a good uh, speaking of TV shows, the episode of The Office where they go to the uh, Northeast Third Pennsylvania like paper con oh, in Philadelphia yeah. or whatever, where they're they're doing all of the the swag stuff we all get mm-hmm. yeah. that would be a good one because it, it, it's a convention but it has nothing to do with nerd right, yeah. it's just very nerdy people you reminded there. me of the, the Simpsons bit where Homer and the woman he's working with go to the represent nuclear energy at the energy con <laughs> Homer's got a brick on his table his booth table and people like walk by and shout things at them because nuclear you know and they shout stuff back you know screw you and then like after the third guy Homer picks up his brick and hawks it at him <laughs> the brick had a purpose yeah it's like oh that's why I was also thinking fanboys but I don't know how well that movie has aged I haven't watched it in a while yeah I mean it would have been appropriate this year too because Dan Fogler is here Oh, that's right. Which I do want to get a picture of. I always with forget him. that he was in things before uh, uh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Plus, the thing, I didn't realize he was in Fantastic Beasts until I was looking him up on the thing. I was like, also, it was just like, oh, okay. Fanboys yeah. isn't the biggest thing on this list. Right, yeah. Or, or, or Good Luck Chuck or something, you know, like. Mine is sort of. It, it, I mean, it makes sense, but it if you don't think about it but then I do think about it and come out with it making sense anyway just the first Star Wars yeah because so much about fandom and being a fan and conventions is attached to sci-fi and Star Wars and Star Trek and whatnot in my head but then also because I don't rewatch any of those movies as often as I probably should so when I start thinking about that those come to mind and then I go man it's been forever I'll just sit down and watch the first one, and I do, and just that one, you know, and I'm able to, to stop after the first. It's hard, but I can do it. That's certainly my pre-con film. Just, it, it brings me back into the mindset, yeah. I guess. Because um, otherwise, it might also be Batman-related. We talked about the animated series was my first basically anything. Yeah. Um, but I watch that all the time, so it doesn't, you know, con doesn't bring it up for me. It's just a constant presence. Mm-hmm. Whereas, except for when a Star Wars movie is coming out, which is all the time lately, um, you know. What a world! What a terrible Gosh. world! Yeah, uh, Akan reminds me of that's that was my one of my starting points. So. I feel like Godzilla. I was gonna is say coming into the, well, that's how we kicked off our, our nerd weekend. Which yeah, we saw King but lately Monsters. Godzilla turns out to be my postcon film because I see Godzilla related stuff at a con it's like Shin and I'm reminded how awesome Shin Godzilla is and I go rewatch it yeah I feel like I feel like post con will I mean I go through cycles with Godzilla and uh, Bond it seems like as Ah. fall is starting I get into a Bond headspace and as summer is beginning I'm getting into a Godzilla phase since there's 35 films to watch Um, yeah it's probably like those are good ones, good nerd bone-up ones. 
I also mm-hmm. feel like every year I spend all the time before con, like, getting all the adulting I need to do out right. of the way so that I can enjoy con. So it's <laughs> yeah, like, it's a good what rush. movies? Watch movies the week before con? Are you kidding? <laughs> so I, much I, work I, to I do. Bills to pay. <laughs> and that, I should mention then, I didn't actually end up watching Star Wars this week. I came back from my trip and had, like, four days of work and then went to con. But I did end up watching, for the first time, John Wick 2. Nice. Because it came out just before my trip, and I was talking to mom about. It. She asked me, "Have you watched these John Wick movies?" Or they, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I own the first. It's great. I love it. I've never seen the second. And we were texting. I replied to that, and then she stopped texting me. And then about ten minutes later, she came back with, "So it's coming to your mailbox in a few days," <laughs> because my mom is awesome. Nice. But it arrived while I was in New York, gotcha. and I was like, "I need to, I need to do that because it didn't get here soon enough. I need to watch it." So I did end up watching that actually. That's weird because this last week I was on vacation and I didn't have that four day build up to it like where you have to work, mm. and it felt weird because I was like, I feel like I haven't prepared. I was like in a weird headspace where it's like, see, I spent that four days playing catch up, so I also felt unprepared. <laughs> I also had, like, this was the first time I, you know, I think most of us had done an article before. Yeah, do pre Yeah, so it was like one of those things where normally I'm trying to get all my other work out of the way, you know, like, okay, so that I can go to con and then do all my articles. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I have to do an article now? Okay, so so now I have to spend the week before doing the other stuff of my own that I need to get out of the way and doing this article moving forward. And it was like... It was helpful, though, because it, de- it definitely forced me to prepare for what I was going to be doing at con. And I, f- I definitely feel more organized going into it this mm-hmm. year. But still, it's the same thing. I'm like, I want to go to these 20 co- to these twenty panels, and then I go to, like, three or four. <laughs> too true. There was a kid yesterday at one of the comic booths that was talking about... Uh, he was way too young. He's like, 12 to have made this very wise statement. He's like, Comic-Con is like... Vegas, if you walk away with most of your money at the end of it, you got really, really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a good one. Yeah. Not more of a nebulous question, because there's not a lot of con-centric films. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ted 2 has a whole sequence at New York Comic Con, uh, right? Is it? I haven't seen either of the Ted's. Is it one or two? I don't know. If Tim, yeah. It might be two, because I haven't seen two. Then, yeah, it's got to be two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Happy Pop Culture Con, people. Yeah, happy Pop Culture Con. We're going yes. to uh, go back to gonna it. steal ourselves and get yes. back in there. Food, and then we're going back to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a con movie, Shay? Uh, it's not really a con movie, but I really like the movie Role Models. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. With the LARPing. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. It's That's huge on LARPing. I absolutely love Paul Rudd, and it's just yes. a really hilariously terrible Wonderful movie. That is yes. the best yeah. answer of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. makes Thank me you. think we should re-record with Shay just on <laughs> <Yeah>. the podcast. <laughs> Coming soon from, to Movie Mumbles. I'm here anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you. Thank you for that, that delightful answer. And You're thank welcome. you for letting us use your room. Of course. You saved us. Oh, literally, yeah. literally and physically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, Any we'll time sh- before checkout. <laughs> yeah. Any time right. before 11 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. We'll show up to this room in a week. Someone else will be here. Who the hell are you? Oh. We know Shay. We're with Shay. Yeah. With who? Yeah. And then I'll show up and they'll be like, wait, Shay told me about you. <laughs> <laughs> the other two uh, guys can. Tim's not invited but yeah thank you very much and uh, thank you listeners for joining us we hope you are having or I guess by the time you heard this had a fantastic Denver Pop Culture Con 2019 and uh, I hope you'll come back for more thank you bye bye
Hey, listeners, we appreciate you tuning in for our podcast. We're now available on iTunes if you'd like to check us out there. We'd be glad to have you subscribe. We'd also love to hear your feedback, whether it's a comment, review, or anything else. You can reach us all through our official Nerds That Geek emails, which you can find on the bio page at nerdsthatgeek.com. Or, if you can find us on social media, I'm on Instagram at Scott underscore W underscore Murray. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Joel T18. And on Instagram, I'm the Tim Gerard. And on Twitter, I'm at Tim Gerard. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you'll come back for more. Music